It's 12.30 a.m. on October 4th, 2012, and police receive a call from an upper-class gated community home in Alito, Texas. Parker County 911, where is your emergency? The operator asks. Uh, my house, the caller responds. Okay, what's the emergency? Uh, I just killed my mom and sister. What? How did you do that? Uh, I shot them with a twenty-two revolver. Are you sure they're dead? Yes. What is your name? Jake Evans. And how old are you? Seventeen. Is there any reason you were so angry at your mother and sister? Uh, I don't know. It's weird. I wasn't even really angry with them. It just kind of happened. I've been kind of, uh, planning on killing for a while now. The two of them? Or just anybody? Pretty much anybody. Why? I don't know. I don't really like people's attitude. I think they're kind of very, like, I don't know, verbally rude to each other and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just my family is kind of, I don't know, I guess this is really selfish to say, but to me, I felt like they were just suffocating me in a way. I don't know. Obviously, you know, I'm pretty, I guess, evil. Whatever. I'm sorry. Okay. Were your mom and sister in their beds? No, uh... This is going to really mess me up in the future. Uh, I told my sister that my mom needed her. She was in her room, and she came out of her room, and, uh, I, I shot her. And she rolled down the stairs, and I shot her again. And then I went down, and I shot my mom about maybe three or four times. But I'll never forget this. My sister, she came down the stairs, and she was screaming, and I was telling her that I'm sorry, but just to hold still, that, you know, I was just going to make it all go away, you know? But she kept on freaking out, but finally she fell down, and I shot her in the head about probably three times. Okay, where's your dad? He's out of town. Okay, you don't want to hurt yourself, do you? I don't know, I'm... I'm a little freaked out about guns now. I assure you, I definitely don't like myself, you know? Just to let you know, I hate the feeling of killing someone. I... I'm going to be messed up. I'm really worried about, like, nightmares and stuff like that. Are there any types of medication and stuff? I don't mean to sound like a wimp or anything, but this is... Wow, I've never, like, done anything violent in my whole life. I didn't want them to feel pain. That's why I used a gun. But it's like everything went wrong. How long ago did the shootings happen? 
About, uh, 30 minutes ago. Jake, my officers are almost there. Would you be willing to walk out on your own? Um, yes. I forgot to say. Before I called, I put the gun on the counter. It's still loaded. Jake, what I want you to do is walk outside, but when you're walking outside, stay visible, don't walk behind any furniture. When you open the front door, put your hands up in the air, just walk very slowly, walk outside, and keep your hands visible, alright? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. The 20-minute phone call comes to an end. Jake Evans does as instructed and is arrested outside his family's home without issue. At 2.45 a.m., he makes a written confession at the police station. It says, I had just got home from the allergist when I started watching Rob Zombie's Halloween. In the movie, a 12-year-old boy murders his stepfather, sister, and his sister's boyfriend. It was the third time this week that I watched it. While watching it, I was amazed at how at ease the boy was during the murders, and how little remorse he had afterward. I was thinking to myself, it would be the same for me when I kill someone. After I watched the movie, I put it back in the case and threw it in the trash can, so that people wouldn't think that it influenced me in any way. After that, I went outside to hit golf balls in the yard for about an hour. I went inside around 5.30pm and just sat in the living room, thinking about how I was going to kill my family. My plan was to kill my sister and my mom at my house, and then go over to my grandparents across the street and kill my older sister Emily and my two grandparents. Then I was going to wait until morning and kill my other sister Audrey because she was visiting from college. After I got up from the couch, it was between 6 and 6.30. My grandma had called my mom to ask if I wanted to go to the cleaners with her. I went, and while we were in town, we got dinner. We made a stop at the post office, and then she dropped me off at my house. I took my dinner to the pool house and watched Family Guy for a little bit. I went back into the house and saw that my mom and sister were watching the debate. I went outside again to swing freely with my golf club. Around 9 o'clock p.m., I went upstairs in my house to watch Family Guy. About 10 minutes later, my sister came upstairs and asked if I wanted to watch a movie. I said no, because earlier that day at the allergist appointment, she made racist comments about a black worker that was mowing the grass. In the past, Mallory had always said racist comments like that, and would also make fun of homeless people. I scolded her for what she said, and told her that she was becoming white trash. We continued arguing in the doctor's office, and when we got back into the car, I told her to look up the word lynching, and see if she still had the same opinion about black people. She then said that she would never be a part of lynching, but is still a racist. I then said that she makes me sick, and called her a racist bitch. 
So that evening, after I told her I didn't want to watch a movie, she went to her room, and I went downstairs to my parents' closet, and I got my dad's blue foldable knife. I went back upstairs and kept pacing back and forth, imagining killing Mallory. Thoughts of causing her pain kept entering my mind and were really bothering me. But then I'd think about the times she hurt my feelings, or really pissed me off. So finally, around 9.30, I knocked on her door and asked her if she wanted to watch Waterboy. She said yes, and sat on the couch beside the sofa I was on. I told her that I was going to the art room to get a pen. When I was in the art room, I stood there again, imagining killing Mallory. After 30 minutes, I finally went in the room and sat on the sofa with the knife in my pocket. I sat for about five minutes, and then playfully threw a pillow at Mallory. We started having a pillow fight in the room. After a while, I thought to myself that if I were to kill my mom and Mallory, I wouldn't want them to feel anything. So I decided to kill them both with the twenty-two revolver I stole from my grandpa. I told Mallory that I needed to go downstairs for a little bit. After I saw that my mom was in the study, I went to my closet and picked up the pistol. I set it on the bed and was nervously opening the cylinder over and over again. I then spent probably over an hour walking nervously around the house, thinking how life will never be the same and how I would never see them again. Around 11.15, I went upstairs with the pistol and stood there for about five minutes. I knocked on the door and told Mallory that mom needed her. She came out, and out of the corner of her eye, saw me pointing the gun at her. She thought I was joking, and told me that I was freaking her out. I shot her in the back, and then the head. I ran down to the study and shot my mom three times. In shock, I ran to my room and was screaming at the top of my lungs that I'm really messed up and that I killed my mom and sister. As I emptied the shells on my bed, I heard noises, and realized that Mallory was still alive. While I loaded the gun back up, I was shouting that I was sorry, and then ran as fast as I could to kill her. I then made sure my mom was dead, and shot her again in the head. After the shooting, I walked outside for a few minutes, then came back inside. Very shocked and scared, I placed the gun on the kitchen counter and walked into the living room to dial 911. When I look at people, especially teenagers, I see them as being very cruel to one another emotionally. It seems that their favorite hobby is picking on someone else. The people who are racists, bullies, and who are full of themselves are the really evil ones. And it amazes me because those three qualities are extremely common today. I was very sad because I felt like my own family were becoming people that I hate. I know now that I'm done with killing. It's the most dreadful and terrifying thing that I will ever experience. 
and what happened last night will haunt me forever. Jacob Ryan Evans is held in custody on charges of capital murder and denied bail. In the state of Texas, capital murder is the only crime punishable by death, and the alternative punishment is life in prison without the chance of parole. His search history reveals that days before the murders, he looked up 10 most evil teenagers slash people. Those who know the Evans family are completely shocked when word gets out. Nobody expected Jake to do something like this. By all accounts, nothing about him seemed out of the ordinary, and he wasn't even known as a troublemaker. A family friend says, Everybody knew him as just being the quiet kid, but he was really sweet and gentle. A classmate says, I really liked him. Nicest kid. Quiet, shy, kept to himself. But I liked that about him. And a friend since kindergarten says, I just want people to know this action is not how we all know him. A neighbor describes the Evans as a very kind, devout Christian family. And a family friend states, They were just a really good family, and, I mean, my whole family was close to them, so I wish I could just say that I love them. Jake's mother, 48-year-old Jamie Evans, is remembered as compassionate, generous, sincere, caring, reliable, welcoming, and considerate. She loved God, reading a good book, spending time with family, and the color pink. She's described as a loving and gracious mother. She was married to her high school sweetheart, Daryl. Jamie was once a beloved elementary school teacher at a school in the Alito ISD, Independent School District, and was later promoted to assistant principal. The principal she worked alongside shares, I had the ability to see her work how she worked with parents, how she worked with kids, and how she especially worked with kids who maybe weren't at their greatest potential, and how she brought that out in them. Jake's sister, 15-year-old Mallory Evans, is described as a sweet person, a dreamer, a shoulder to lean on, someone who lived life to the fullest, and the life of the party. She loved sports, spending time with family, and goofing around with friends, singing, dancing, making home videos, and having sleepovers. Jake and Mallory attended schools in the Alito ISD, but were both pulled out to be homeschooled, Mallory in 2010, and Jake in January of 2012. Following the horrific murders, a statement is released by the school district. Alito ISD is deeply saddened to learn the death of a former employee and a former student. Jamie Evans was a dedicated elementary teacher and assistant principal who worked in Alito ISD for 15 years 
serving students at both Coder and Stewart Elementary from 1989 through 2004. Her dedication to her students and her love of learning was an inspiration to all who knew her. We also mourn the death of Mallory Evans, a former elementary and intermediate school student. Mallory attended Stewart Elementary and McNally Intermediate School. She was a sweet child that will be missed by her friends and school family. The suspect in the shootings, Jacob Evans, is a former Alito High School student who withdrew from school in January 2012 to be homeschooled. He attended Alito schools from elementary school until his withdrawal in January. He played football in middle school and played on the golf team in high school. Our thoughts and prayers are with the Evans family in this difficult time. When Jake was arrested, he was initially denied bail. In January of 2013, a bond hearing is held to decide if this will change. As a result, a $750,000 bond is set for his release from custody. His father testifies at the hearing, stating that he will not be contributing to his son's release, but that he has been supporting him and sending him books in prison, and will continue to do so. During his time in custody, Concerns are raised surrounding Jacob's mental health. He's evaluated by two psychologists, including a court-appointed forensic psychologist, who deem him incompetent to stand trial by reason of insanity, and he's transferred to the North Texas State Hospital for a maximum of 120 days. Of this, the Parker County Assistant District Attorney says, it is important to point out that this finding does not mean that Mr. Evans will not face trial on the capital murder charges. It just means that he will not face trial until the professionals at the North Texas State Hospital can assist him in regaining competency. And on April 20th, 2015, the court receives news from the state hospital that Jacob Evans is now competent to stand trial. His trial begins a little over a week later, on April 30th, 2015. Jacob pleads guilty, but on a plea deal in which the capital murder charge will be waived. As a result, instead of facing life in prison or the death penalty, he's sentenced to 45 years per murder, to be served at the same time. He'll be able to apply for parole once half his sentence is served, including time already served prior to the sentencing. He could be eligible for parole in 2035. Jacob's family supports the plea deal. In a letter read out at the sentencing, they write, None of us want Jake and our family to be subjected to a capital murder trial which we feel would not be in his and our family's best interests. We wish to close this chapter in our lives in order to continue healing as a family. The Parker County Assistant District Attorney tells the media, 
The family has shown forgiveness that astounds the normal person with how quickly they forgave him and how wholly they embraced him. It's just awe-inspiring to see that amount of love for this kid. They've forgiven him to depths that should inspire everyone in this case. <laughs> 